0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. Jesse sent me a note. says said, Steve, check out the story involving attorneys. So I thought, hey, I'll check that out. This 72-year-old lawyer thinks about retirement, but rural Kansas can't find enough attorneys. The question is, is there an attorney shortage? Is that even possible? Or is it just where they're located? Because like I've mentioned before, Michigan's got something like 35,000 attorneys. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a couple, Okay. So at that point, really, there's a shortage? Well, again, it depends on where you are. Charles Peckham is 72 years old, and he works 70 hours a week. He daydreams about retirement, but if he closes up his shop, clients would just show up at his home in Atwood, Kansas. By the way, the story is from KCUR by Blaise Mesa. Stopping is not workable at this point, he said. The next closest attorney to where he is is 30 miles away, which would not be accessible for some of the older population nearby that need legal help. Atwood boasted six attorneys counting Peckham when he first arrived in 1983, but that number dwindled down to two and the other attorney farms on the side. So he's <laughs> he's semi-retired and that means he has another job. He farms. If the town of about 1,300 people in a county with some 2,500 had enough lawyers, Peckham could cut back his workload and spend more time with his grandkids. But with nobody around to take over his practice, he's going to keep working. Turns out, the man's not alone. Well, figuratively speaking, he's not alone because his story's not unique. Three of four Kansas attorneys are licensed in just five counties. Johnson, Sedgwick, Shawnee, Wyandotte, and Douglas have 78% of the over 6,500 lawyers in the state. In the 103 counties statewide, 40 have five or fewer licensed lawyers and eight have only one. One lawyer in the whole county. The number of attorneys in western Kansas is dropping as older lawyers retire with nobody around to take their place. Attorneys have too much work, and clients might travel long distances for representation. The attorneys that do practice are often general practitioners who handle everything from divorces to criminal defense to farm law. A lot of them are probably also doing wills and trusts for people. Uh, Sean Leisinger, Associate Dean for Centers and External Programs at Washburn University, helps with the university's Rural Attorney Program, he said some counties could easily support two to three times the number of lawyers that they currently have. The solution seems simple. If older attorneys are retiring, just find younger ones to take over. Of course, if you're out in a small town in rural Kansas, you've got to find somebody who's willing to go there to do the work. The demand is there, which should mean those people could make a decent income, but Leisinger said it's not that simple. People need to understand and connect with the community they represent. They can't just be dropped in, Leisinger said. They need to be mentored. And they also got to be trusted. And you got to know somebody in a small town. Trust me. It takes a little while before you get trusted. Uh, by the way, some people are not to ask. This story interchangeably uses lawyer and attorney. And I actually had somebody send me a note the other day and said, Steve, what's the difference and which one should I hire? <laughs> lawyer and attorney are synonyms. They mean the same thing. I am a lawyer. I am an attorney. Just some people like attorney, some people like lawyer. Uh, Washburn's Rural Attorney Program is doing that. It allows students to finish their education from anywhere in the state and pairs them with mentors. The program has placed a few dozen attorneys into rural Kansas in the last five years, but Leisinger says it's a drop in the bucket based on the demand that's out there. This isn't a Kansas-specific problem, and the uh, state Supreme Court is creating a task force to address the issue. It'll include people from all across Kansas who will eventually recommend changes to encourage more attorneys to move out west. The state could take inspiration from Nebraska or South Dakota, two states that have also attempted to address these kinds of shortages. In Nebraska, a solution came in two waves. First, law students were driven to rural corners of the state to talk with community members to see what their needs were. And then they set up interviews with firms in that area. The bus tours have since stopped, but twice a year, job-seeking lawyers meet with law firms that are hiring as part of the Rural Practice Initiative program. In South Dakota, someone could sign a contract that pays 90% of one year's resident tuition and fees at the University of South Dakota Law School. In return, that person would practice law for a minimum of 35 hours a week for a set amount of weeks over the span of five years. Nebraska's program netted at least 38 attorneys, and South Dakota got 13, even though small numbers can make a difference in remote places. Sam Clinch, Associate Executive Director of the Nebraska Bar Association, said small towns would start to dry up without the program. You have a lot of clients that are traveling 100 to 150 miles one way to get a simple will drafted, a divorce case, or a real estate transaction. That's an access to justice issue when you have people that have to travel 300 miles round trip just to do a simple will. Zoom has become more prevalent in court cases, but multiple people told the Kansas News Service that it's only a tool and not the sole solution to the problem. Local attorneys know their communities, judges, and potential jurors better. And while big city lawyers are qualified to represent someone over Zoom, they can't understand the nuances of each community. Right now, if you said, Steve... Let's just discuss some of your nightmare scenarios as an attorney. What would be your nightmare scenario? <laughs> one nightmare scenario would be if I woke up and I had to represent somebody in an unpopular lawsuit in a small town in Michigan. If you said, oh, Steve, by the way, tomorrow you got to go up and uh, pick a jury uh, in a case in Cairo, Michigan. Cairo, Michigan. And that's not even one of the smaller towns in Michigan. It's just, it is a smaller town. But when you go to Carroll, Michigan, you're going to defend a guy who's been accused of some heinous crime in that community. There you go. Knock yourself out. (laughs) I'd be like, I hope I wake up soon. Peckham has lived in larger cities like Chicago and D.C. Before moving to rural Kansas, he said people in urban and rural settings both fail to understand the perks of living in one place or another, but he wants more people to give rural Kansas a try. You're going to have to be more reliable and independent, he said. But if you're interested in the family, spending a little more time with Mother Nature and avoiding a long commute to do your job, I think this is worth looking at. So I've known a lot of attorneys who got past the age where they could retire if they wanted to and just simply didn't retire because the work they were doing, uh, let's just say it doesn't involve heavy lifting. okay? And so I know a lot of attorneys who literally worked Until they were no longer of this earth. And in fact, I'm going to mention an attorney by name. There's going to be about a dozen people in the audience. who are going to recognize the name Lenny Lemberg or Leonard Lemberg was his legal name. And Lenny was an attorney in Southfield. Very, very successful attorney. I saw his house. (laughs) Very successful attorney. One of the nicest guys you ever met. The guy had a smile on his face. He had a tone to his voice. He woke up every day happy. He was an attorney who did a lot of work. You'd see him everywhere. If you went to Oakland County Circuit Court on any given day and walked the hallways, good chance he'd bump into Lenny. Steve, how are you? He knew everybody. He recognized people. You'd see him walking towards you, being stopped by people to shake. Hey, how you doing? One of these guys, and. He passed away a few years ago standing in line at the court clerk's window filing documents. And he did those things because he enjoyed doing them. And I suspect he enjoyed a lot of it because of the fact that he got to see the people he liked so much. He knew the judges. He knew the clerks. he, He knew everybody in that building. He spent a lot of time in Oakland County, a lot of time in Wayne County. Anytime you saw him Hey, how are you? His eyes would light up. He was so happy to see you. And he he's an extremely good attorney. He was good. And I forgot how long he'd been practicing. He told me back then. I actually worked with him on some cases. Uh, towards the end, he had some health issues. And he actually contacted me and said, Hey, is there any chance that you can cover some stuff for me? I've got some conflicts because of some issues. Uh, can you?" And I said, I'd, I'd be happy to help you. Happy to, absolutely happy. And he'd swing by the office, drop off files. And you say, no, no, I'll come by your office. I'm driving by. <laughs> nicest guy, nicest guy. And I heard the story that he'd passed away and that he had actually died at the courthouse, standing in line at the clerk's counter. And he collapsed and expired. And I heard the story from more than one person. I believe I've spoken to somebody who was there in the building that day. And, of course, word got around the community because everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. And um, one of the most common things people said was, you know he died doing what he loved the most and he was in court. And I know some people are going to say, Steve, you know something, if your job takes over your life like that, you know, maybe you should rethink what you're doing in life. Not necessarily. Think about how much time you spend at your job before you retire. And if you enjoy your job so much that you don't even bother retiring, it's not really the same as the drudgery of some other kind of job, right? And second of all, he was married. He had a great house. He had a bunch of nice cars. He had a bunch of nice watches. (laughs) I asked him once, I go, dude, do you have a Breitling? And he goes, no, they don't keep good time. Technically, he's right, but you know, what are you going to do? But the funny thing is that he was doing what he loved doing when he passed away. And yes, he could have retired. He didn't need the money, but he liked seeing the people and he liked helping his clients. And so if you look at it that way, if your job's not stressful and your job is you seeing your friends and you having fun and you getting to drive around and go different places and see different friends in different places all day long, it's not really work. The fact that they're paying you for it, it's a bonus. But I saw his house. <laughs> I, saying, I know I keep saying that. But, but I was impressed. I was impressed. So I'm going to dedicate this to Lenny Lemberg. And those of you who knew him know why I'm saying that. But here we got a 72-year-old lawyer who thinks about retirement, but in rural Kansas— they can't find enough attorneys, so he's going to hang in there. Charles Peckham, 72 years old, working 70 hours a week, and he's doing it largely out of his feeling of responsibility to his community. And for that, I salute him. Jesse, thanks for sending it from KCUR. Blaze Mesa wrote it. Questions your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Leto's Law. I wish I could, but I don't want to.